Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello one and all, this is Bakabytes, a show where we talk about what we are watching this week in anime. I am your host, Frank Furter, and with me today is my co-host, Magic Girl Anthology, Magically Average. Boy howdy, do we have a show tonight, or what? Why am I a Magic Girl? You're No, you're a Magic Girl Anthology, you know everything about Magic Girls. Would it? But no, that would imply that I am an anthology of Magic Girls. Wouldn't I be an anthologist? Ooh, Being maybe. the person I maybe... whom... Like, studies anthologies? Regardless, you're a nerd. That's true. Okay, that's fair enough. We can summarize it that easily. Yeah, we can. But, uh, yeah, we, uh... It, like, we took yesterday off because you had a hockey game to go to, but, like, between this week and last week, it's felt so long since we've actually really talked about anime, but we were on last week. It's just that this week was so quality that it just seemed like forever. Yeah. Well, it's gonna feel like that. I feel like for almost the rest of the season too at least yeah. how it's been progressing it also just doesn't help that almost every single show except for one really comes out on sunday yeah i know like bisco comes out on monday and everything else is like sunday 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 I pay for the full ticket but you're only gonna need half your seat sunday yeah. yeah it's it's a lot to handle especially after the amount of cliffhangers we've had to deal with for now the past two weeks straight yeah i mean it makes for a really entertaining season though like it honestly the last few seasons i've been excited about shows only because i've wanted to see how the story continues this season i've just had to like dial back my heart palpitations and try to starve off like aneurysms because i'm like legit on the edge of my seat like gripping my chair like what the fuck is gonna happen next yeah and then it ends and i'm like anything at the tv for when it ends 
Yeah, and then I'm like, and when you see the credits and the stupid Demon Slayer building pops up, I go, all right, start timer for seven days from now. So God, and it also really helps that they like come out during different times of the day. So you have like my yeah. dress up darling and uh, a show that we're gonna drop like early in the morning. Uh, well, actually, no. Yeah, my dress up darling and monster development department early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then you get Demon Slayer like kind of the early like afternoon, late morning, and then you have AOT like somewhere in the later afternoon, early evening. So it's yeah. like really well spread out too. So it's like you have a full day of like, okay, I've got a couple hours. Let me breathe. Let me go into the next show. We're good. Yeah. It's but. like it's like when I watch American football. And I have to like I'm like you watch the early afternoon games, the late afternoon games, and then the the Sunday night game. Yeah, it's a but... nice even pacing of shows again, so I can fend off my first heart attack and prepare for my second one that I know is incoming when I watch Attack on Titan. So. Yeah, but unfortunate for us, both of our football teams or American football teams suck ass. So let's yep. get into the uh, quick hits for the week. I don't really have any because my one quick hit was also on your list, but. I guess it's uh, what's it called? Fuck, uh, monster development program thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And the one with the very long name. Yeah, I think both you and I, we're just gonna not. I don't know. I'm not gonna watch any more of it. I'm I'm over it. It's fine. Yeah. It's like the same joke over and over again kind of show. It it has played itself out already. The only like real entertaining piece of it now is the end credits where you get to see like the local superheroes in their costumes and I learn know. about them. But that's like the one had, bit. They only had one this week, unfortunately, which was like, ooh. Yeah. I think it was Night Owl or something. Yeah, something like that. It was pretty freaking... His his outfit was but, dope as hell. I was going to say, like, for any of you who haven't watched it, just go look up the end credits for the show, because you'll see, like, actual local superheroes in Japan. I don't know if... There's got to be, like, some sort of registration or something with, like, the local municipality, because I feel like you can't just run around at night in a costume <laughs> like all willy-dilly and just be like tis i night owl, night owl here here to patrol you you'd scare like so many old women i mean walking around you, the groceries you say that but batman's gonna come after you one of these days for saying something like that that's true but um, and i don't want got, i don't you... want sparkle man to come after me since he's the new batman now whatever oh, his name God. is yeah um robert pattinson yeah, that sparkle boy coming out of the shadows. Fantastic. He's actually not a terrible actor, but besides the no, point... No, no, no. Besides the point, um, <laughs> you've got, you have one other quick hit. Uh, give it to us this week, and then we're going to go into Demon Slayer, Bisco, My Dress Up Darling, and Attack on Titan, and then we're going to head the hell out of here this week. Yeah, I feel like the slice of life's the theme is wholesome, like a wholesomeness, and Akabi's sailor uniform is just that. It's I, I'm slowly starting to catch on as to what I believe the if you can call it like a plotter storyline for the show is going to be um it's i think it's really about a girl sort of learning about herself more she it's she goes to a middle school that's hard to get into and she's wearing a sailor uniform but all the other girls are wearing the new year uniform uh her mom wore it when she went to that same middle school and it's she's a very like charismatic and outgoing girl but i think it's set pretty well in terms of like how other people view her versus how she views herself that like people think like she's like pop idol charismatic outgoing person but she's more introverted 
solo, isolated, like doesn't really have a lot of friends, at least at the beginning. So it's sort of like a story about her becoming the person that she wants to be, sort of emulating what her mom was when she was in school and trying to figure out who she is as a person. It is super cute. Again, does not deserve to have the type of animation that it does, but it's stellar. It It's... I, I can't get over the fact of like that they've put so much time and effort into like some of the facial features that you'd think they'd have to cut away from other pieces of it. Nope. Scenery is gorgeous. Looks like watercolor. It's perfect. The entirety of the show is beautiful top to bottom. I just, it's a fun watch. It's, you know, it's a slice of life kind of season, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, uh... Turn like this is like your relaxing show of the week when yeah. you're not, you know, having heart palpitations from the other shows. Yeah, exactly. It's it's my little getaway. Exactly. But uh speaking of little getaways, Tanjiro and, and friends, they're not yeah. getting away. No, no. They are very much engulfed in this fight of the century of Ebby. At the Ebby belt and blood sickles. I think God. we called them last week. The poisonous blood sickles. Yeah. Of tornado. Yeah. Or whatever like, he turns them into this time. Like the show just keeps fucking getting better and better. Yeah. And again, I don't know if we said at the beginning spoilers ahead now, because most of the rest of the shows we'll be talking about are just going to be spoiler filled. Yeah, so, so if you're not if you if you have not watched this week's episode, aka Sunday's episode, aka two days ago, go ahead and watch it. Come back to this. Um I will be trying to attempt time codes again this week. I did them last week and they looked a little weird and I got a I don't know if that's just like a formatting issue with ACAST or what. But yeah. I'm uh, you'll see the times. You'll see that you can skip ahead or whatever. But um spoilers ahead. Let's have at it. It's another cliffhanger of an ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's more like Dragon Ball Z like, ah, oh, power up, ah, oh, power up, ah. Oh. <laughs> but but again, this was something I said early on in the season that we're not gonna really have much in terms of progression. It's really just gonna be like once the fights with the demons start, that's it. Like that's what this the rest of the season's gonna be. And I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that that was spot on because we've had we've had this fight the same fight with the upper six demon now three episodes three episodes episodes? yeah well i mean if you count if you count just the the sister then it's more than that yeah well i I was gonna say i would count that too because you have the original confrontation with the the female demon all right, I'm buying time. Um, you have the original confrontation with the female demon where it's Tanjiro fighting her while Inosuke and Zenetsu go off because Inosuke digs deep underground and finds like the, the eating pit for the, the Ebi belt. Um, and I want to say that was, at this point now, four episodes ago. So we're... So we are now going four on or five because at episode five things are going to get really flashy. Um, it's like nighttime, so I don't know if that's necessarily where it started, but yeah, definitely episode six. And this week yeah. was nine, so you have four episodes minimum, maybe fifth or five. 
Regardless, so. this is, I mean, this is much different than what we had in the first season, which again is to be expected because we're set in one environment. We're, you know, we're in the entertainment district. We're, so as far as we know, confined to this area for the foreseeable future too. And so much of the story is really going to be based in this area. I mean, again, if you can consider what's happening to be like any sort of plot progression, I just see it as hella awesome fighting, which it is. So you get the continuation of the fight between the Upper Six Demon and Tengen, Tanjiro, Inosuke, and Zenetsu. Um, Tanjiro and Inosuke, or Tanjiro and Tengen, excuse me, are fighting the brother, and Inosuke and Zenetsu are fighting the sister. And I mean, that's basically the entire episode from start to finish. It's just an intense fight. You get some backstory into Tengen with his wives, and it's a nice little departure. You get to see him go to his family grave and have a picnic there, and there, his wives are like sort of asking him you know, if he misses them, basically, like if he still cares for them. And he's like, yeah, of course, like they're, they're family and they're expecting me to drink with them once I make it to hell. He's like, and I'm going to hell. And they're like, oh, Tengen, Master Tengen, don't say that. And then he picks a, a flower petal out of his one, one of the wives' heads, hair, and the other two are like, I want the same, do that to me. And I was just laughing because it's cute. And then it was Give like, all right, back to fighting. The... And then it was super intense. Flower petal. <laughs> so but it's also like that weird kind of awkwardness of like them and the wives. He starts eating, and they're, he's like, "No, go ahead, eat. Like, dig in. Don't, don't. What are you doing? Eat. Yeah, eat the food. Eat the food, eat the food Tina." Well, I think it. <laughs> nice Napoleon Dynamite reference. I think it's supposed to really drive home the fact that he is so much different as a shinobi warrior than the others of his clan because they said it in, I think the previous episode, basically like Shinobi warriors are to have like multiple wives who only purpose are to bear children and become basically human meat shields for their husbands in battle. Like that's it. And Tengen's like, Nope, not flashy enough. They're going to be wives and and I'm going to care for them. And, you know, we're not going to follow the typical clan in traditions so to speak we're gonna be something different and i that's when he goes and meets with the i can't remember his name he's sort of the leader of the hashira group for the demon slayer core um but he meets with him and gets introduced then so i mean you could tell like it's been it's a different relationship than what his wives are probably used to in terms of like just tradition of the clan yeah um which is, I mean, again, that's it's nice to see. I like that those little, those little pieces sort of sprinkled throughout the episodes on Tengen's background because I mean, this entire season is just him and the three Stooges, our, wow. our three bad boys. So which, it's nice to learn more about Tengen. Which the three of them fighting together, man, like that whole scene was so freaking great, and they finally like when so. Yeah, they're fighting together. Initially, it was just uh, Nosuke and Zenetsu fighting, and they couldn't get anywhere near the uh, cloth demon, the the sister. And once Tanjiro joins them, like, basically Tanjiro and Zenetsu guide a path 
to her by deflecting all of the uh, cloth. And then Zenetsu's just hell-bent on running towards her. Doesn't care if he gets nicked a little bit or whatever, but he just is hell-bent running. And she's like, holy shit, he's not stopping. He's going to make it towards me. And finally puts up like defenses against her head so she doesn't get beheaded. And the fucking serrated blades... Oh, like I, when he did that, like he just saws off her head with the serrated blades. And that just to me was just like, oh no, no, that hurts. That hurts to think about. That's gotta be unpleasant. Granted, any decapitation, probably unpleasant, but to be sawed, like your head sawed off. Oh no, no, thank you. I will not just hard pass. Not sawed off too, because I mean it, it is the motion of like a handsaw, right? But you have to remember it's it's two blades, so you're getting basically chopped in the neck to a center point, and that's where your head splits off. It's not from one side across. It's like nope, it's meeting yep. in the middle basically. Which that might so. be the only actual like benefit to it is that it's a little faster than just one direction and just having to yeah. go through everything. Probably true, but, but still. Yeah, so they they nice. managed they ma- <laughs> no, not at all. They managed to behead the the sister and then they Z- <laughs> freaking not Zenetsu, but uh god damn it. Uh Inosuke. Inosuke just takes the head like a hot potato and just starts running away, just like ha, oh, I yeah. got your head. He's you're like not, a running back so out strong. from the backfield. He's just sprinting down the, the field. Until he's not. Until yeah, he made not. it to the he made it to the forty, the thirty, the twenty, and then got the a ten, blood sickle right the through five, the chest, and then just well, fucking yoink. Yeah, like a yeah, butcher's our boy, knife, just or a butcher's hook, just yeah, right I was gonna through say it. Yeah, and and the crazier part about it all is that like, I, maybe it's just because he's in battle and. By God, he's got to be completely obliterated. But you would think that Tanjiro would have smelled different blood since that, like, Tengen got severely injured or could have sensed something was wrong. Because that dude, the, the upper six demon, the brother, he made it there without anyone noticing him. He was, in an instant, behind Inosuke, Sickle through the back, out the chest. Fucking stealing the head back, stripping it, reversing it, <laughs> turnover on downs, going back for a touchdown. Yeah, so like, my, my one comment, I guess, to Tanjiro not being able to smell the blood is, one, he's just dead. It's like, like a dead fish in the water. He's just tired as ever-living yeah. shit. But also, two. That the brother demon was using that weird blood blade, like it was like a whirlwind of blood going, you know, a million miles an hour. So he probably smelt, you know, his nose probably wasn't the best of, I guess, um, wasn't on its game just for the fact that you had blood flying everywhere from that move. Yeah, And the fact that he moved in an instant by the time his nose would have caught up. It just, yeah, it was game yeah. over. But, um, yeah, the episode ends essentially with the brother demon fucking putting a hook through Inosuke, taking the head back, and Tanjiro looking down at the ground and seeing Tengen 
with like basically just like veins popping everywhere, which you think is you you want to believe is probably the poison, and then he's missing a head or a head a hand. Yeah, yeah, he's missing a hand. So it's like ooh, they're really down on their their numbers right now. They are not having a good time. Well, and then it like goes to dark when. I want to say it's the female demon like shoots off a bunch of Ebby or it might've been the male one. I don't know, but like there's just like a crisscross stream of like pink on buildings and then just explosions like massive explosions and it blows it. I thought that it ended with Tanjiro essentially passing out from exhaustion. No, there was explosions on the building, and Zenetsu basically pushes him off to save him from the explosion. Oh, that's right. It was so, like the the move that did, like chopped up all the buildings before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So you have you have a Nosuke with a hole through his chest. You have Tengen without a hand. You've got Zenetsu probably getting caught in somewhat of an explosion, and then Tanjiro falling backwards off of a building, basically being like, "Well, I'm sorry, everyone," and then he says, "I'm sorry." Uh, um. Oh no! What's his? You, you uh, got this! Come on, Nezuko. Gosh, there's go. so many letters flying through my head. I was like, Zenet. No, Zeg. Z- no, Nez. Nezuko. And he's like, I'm sorry, Nezuko. And it goes dark, and then you have the stupid building in the credits. <laughs> I'm like, damn it! So, Not again. Yeah, we can imagine that Nezuko is going to show up once more. The question will be. How powerful is she going to be? And is she going to be under control still? You know, I don't My know, guess is... I don't know if she even shows up. more powerful. I don't think she shows up. I think if you she don't? does... No, if she does, she comes out of the box to, like, give Tanjiro somehow, like, some sort of her, like... We're going to have, like, a Dragon Ball Z spirit bomb situation where she gives him, like, some of his power or you... soul or something. Jean... Yeah, no, we're not having a fusion oh. moment. No, 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 no fusion moment. It could be like a spirit bomb, like where it's like, "Give me your energy," and he like goes sun, sun breathing for one more time, and just beheads both of them or the the brother. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. I honestly, I mean, truthfully, I think it's either gonna be Nezuko coming out and going just balls to the wall, and it, it, because she'll see like she'll see a Nosuke injured zanetsu injured tengen injured tanjiro injured and just go nope blood in the eye is gonna kill anything i see that's alive still yeah and the weird part about this whole thing we don't know how many episodes there are gonna be for this season so this season we don't know if it's close to being done or not right we've, we've gone through nine episodes and usually a season's about 12 to 13 so it's like are they gonna finish this up in like four, three to four episodes? Or are they gonna have like an extended season since they started it so early? Yeah. So that's that's what I'm really curious about because if that's the case, we're not gonna have a lot to talk about. Like we're gonna have a few shows to talk about like in the back half of the season, and just hyping up spring season. Which, Which you know, I'm not. We've got. I'm a... not opposed to. Right. But... I mean. Again, it's it's hard to see anything beyond the entertainment district because I mean this arc is called the entertainment district. So yeah. if they do have anything, I believe it'll be to set up 
whatever the next season is. So maybe we'll have an extra episode or two. It'll be one of those like awkward, long, maybe 16 episode seasons to sort of get in line with the rest of the shows this season. Because I mean, we're on, we're on episode four of basically everything else. And this is episode nine. Of or you can Demon have, Slayer. you can have a, an 18 episode because the demon train, whatever Mugen train was, uh, Six yeah, episodes. That... So if you combine six with eighteen, you have a twenty-four, which is a double season. That's true. That that might be it then. Which would be interesting, like how they would draw that out. I don't know what I mean. I haven't read the source material, so I don't know how they would draw that out. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see. But uh, one of the more interesting shows I think this season, and I'm loving this show, freaking Bisco boy, my boy Bisco and my boy Panda. What? great names which by the way it it didn't hit me until i was watching episode three uh i guess technically this week or this past week and then episode four yesterday that uh panda i forget his actual name in the show milo milo thank you uh milo uh same voice actor as tanjiro same japanese voice actor did not did not did not realize that until he started screaming for one reason or another and i was like oh that's a Tanjiro scream if I've ever heard one. <laughs> hey, like I ah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, um, this show like I don't want to go too detailed into the episodes that we watch because there's two of them and we're already twenty almost twenty four minutes into this podcast and we've got we're gonna we're, like a big chunk of that is gonna be Attack on Titan for sure. Oh yeah, well I mean in in all fairness to Bisco, it, it is the most anime anime there is currently yeah, in my it's, opinion. It's I mean. Nuts. Basically, all we have to know from episodes three and four is that Bisco is teaming up with Panda. So Bisco had a, a, a mentor who was traveling with him. He's severely severely injured when they're in the city. Panda treats him and is like, he's probably not going to make it too long. So his mentor is like, all right, well, guess what, Bisco? You suck at making antidotes and you need to have to, you need to be able to make an antidote when you get the rust eater mushroom that's off in, um, I think it's Ashira. Ashira, it's I think. It's in like a cave. They said it was a very, very specific cave, and I don't remember what they called it. Um, yeah, but he's like, I can't go on. I'll defend you from the people that are trying to attack you from the city, but you need to find someone else. Wink, wink at the doctor standing next to you. Wink, who's wink. very good at making potions and other things. Yeah. So then Bisco teams up with Panda. Well, first, I should say Bisco has an insane fight with Panda's older older? Dude, yeah, uh young older sister. Sister. Older sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older sister. Pow. Which the fucking So here's here's what the one thing that I do want to go into detail about is this fight scene. Because of one specific reason. Pau knocks the ever-living shit out of Bisco, and he goes flying, like, across town and smashes into a giant, like, bowling pin and, like, makes a dent in it. And the bowling pin falls, and once they kind of, like, are on the opposite sides of the building kind of talking to each other, like, anime monologuing to each other, they blow up the bowling pin, and it makes, like, the bowling noise as if, like, a ball just hit a bunch of pins. And I was just like... It's, it's so perfect. It, a, a, like an object like that would never, ever, ever make that noise. 
but I appreciate the weird, stupid detail that you did because it's such an anime-ass anime show that you did that. That you included that little stupid sound effect when a giant-ass bowling pin blew up. I love it. (laughs) It's such a fucking batshit crazy episode. Um, Also... One of the like this is skipping way ahead, but uh, if you have watched uh, Gigux clip, which is really making its rounds, if you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. But basically, is the duality of uh, anime in which he pauses watching the trailer for Bisco, in which uh, Pau or not Pau Milo and this pink-haired girl, which we you know kind of meet throughout the first few episodes, are kissing, and he pauses it in the kiss, and he's like, "Ah, oh, yes, yes." And then, like, he pushes play again, and freaking Milo just rips a worm out from her mouth. That happens in episode four, and I'm so excited that that happened in episode four because it's like, okay, if batshit crazy like this that we've seen from the previews are already happening, what the fuck else are they going to throw at us? Because the ending of episode four is so fucking batshit crazy. But to to your point, to kind of go over the main synopsis, the uh, Bisco gets in a fight with Pao, brings her to the doctor. Is like, oh, doesn't know that they know each other, and finds out that they're related. Milo, uh, Panda, whatever you want to call him, agrees to go with Bisco on his journey to find the magic mushroom that'll heal everybody. And Milo says goodbye to his sister, gives him like, or gives her the wristband, like as a like, hey, I'm okay, don't worry about me type thing, and then fucks right on off into a new adventure. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's like the synopsis of episode three. Episode four is teaching uh, Bisco teaching Milo how to like they find the crab, which I love the crab. The crab is great. The crab, yeah, ten out of ten character, great character. They find the crab, and the crab is like it's it's Bisco trying to teach Milo how to ride the crab, control the crab, etc. Basically making it command the crab, and before Milo can even like. Milo just keeps getting yoinked and yeeted off this crab by the crab with, you know, it's just, it is what it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, Milo's like, okay, you need to fucking sit still so I can apply, like apply this ointment. And Bisco's like, wait, 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 let me get this straight. You can't fucking ride it, but you can command it and it'll listen to you if you ask it to do shit. Yeah, we're not doing any more lessons. You've got this shit. Don't worry about it. And I that's, like that scene. Yeah, and that's and throughout this episode, they kind of they meet the pink-haired chick in which she initially tries to steal the crab. Bisco stops it, and then when they go to bed, she's like, "Oh yeah, like the the worm scene happens." And after the worm scene, she's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm a merchant. Like, ooh, if you want my body, it'll cost this much." And they're like, "No, no, we just we just want food." And she's like, "Really? You just want food?" And they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna take." This one small box of Bisco crackers, which is like buttery crackers, essentially, or buttery cookies. Yeah. Which Bisco has never had Bisco. Wow. Who would have thunk? Um, So Bisco tries his own cookie type thing, and he's like, oh, this is pretty good. But it's really weird because Bisco means strong, and these are not strong. They're soft and buttery and delicious. And I I would have expected it to taste more like a... alligator liver or something something weird something stupid but yeah Yeah. and while they're while they're having this conversation the the pink-haired chick is just like well i have this gasoline it's old i can't sell it to crab riders i'm just gonna yeet it into this little hole in this shrine that we're staying in 
which needs to be talked about for like one second. So I, I believe the fuel source is charcoal or something like that. No, I can't it was, what it was, it was gasoline. Called. It was gasoline. It was it was gasoline, but they called it something specific. With but the implication was that it is fed or given to crabs as a source of fuel. Mm-mm. So you fuel up. No, they said she said I can't sell fuel to crab riders because crabs don't take fuel. I'm gonna yeet this out because it's just too big and bulky. But then explain the next scene, then, good sir. The next scene, yeah. The so the shrine that they're staying in for the night, fucking isn't just a shrine. It's a fucking giant ass snail. Like think of like a sand snail, but on like a ginormous like a hermit crab. yeah, like a hermit crab, but fucking ginormous with cannons. Right. The reason it woke up is from the smell and fucking somebody throwing gasoline on your goddamn head or body. Oh, I thought they said it was because of the fuel. Like, it seeped into its body oh, and it I don't, awoke I don't, because it was fueled. I don't think that's the reason. I mean, if there's mechanical parts to it, sure. But I think, it like, the fuel would be used Fucking more cannons s- on it. Okay, does cannon you fuel? It's mecha- it's not it's not uh, do cannons, natural. Do cannons need fuel to to run? Technically, it needs an ignition source of some kind, good sir. Okay. In order to create the explosion in which a projectile is shot out of it. So I would argue yes. Tomato potato on this argument. Regardless, <laughs> the fucking sand crab uh, hermit crab thing wakes up. Bis or not Bisco. Uh, Bisco's in the shrine still. Like, what the fuck is going on? Sees that Milo isn't there. Milo's outside just riding the crab already. Like, what yeah. do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they basically, Bisco's just like, hey, just tell the crab or make the crab. Just doink him on the head. Like, doink this, this hermit crab on the head. I'll throw an arrow in there and we'll be good. We cannot let it get to this mine that we're trying to go to, which will be like a shortcut to get to where we're going. If it gets to the mine, it's going to blow up. So don't let it do that. Milo makes the, you know, does the thing. Uh, Bisco throws an arrow into its head and mushrooms appear out of it and it dies, essentially. Yay! They're like, yay, whew, that was a close call. Glad it didn't get to the mine. And as he's saying it, the fucking sand, the hermit crab with cannons on its back fires off one last cannon and it hits the mine and it blows up. And It doesn't that's... just blow up. It, like, blows up. Yeah, like it's, it's it's it is quite an explosion. <laughs> yeah, think of it like a fucking uh, fertilizer factory. It just fucking exploded. <laughs> so yeah, yeah basically it went up in flames fast. Yeah, it went up in flames, and they kind of just leave the episode there, just like, well, now what? So, I'm well. I'm they leave really... it off in. Yeah, they go off into the next like area because at this at this time they were like almost going in through like fields, and then they went. The next area is like this desert water area. Like it used to well, be an was, ocean and the, it just sort of dried preview. out. That was the preview for the next episode. It was in the credits and there was still music playing. It was continuation. I guess it was more of a slideshow than anything, but I guess so. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that, but basically that, the next the next is like a new environment, which is going to be pretty cool to see. Yeah, they've, they've gone from a city environment to, like, a lush kind of field-esque environment to now this kind of wasteland environment. So it'll be interesting. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I will say the one thing I forgot to call out when we were talking about Demon Slayer, it is the 31st highest ranked show on my anime list right now. 
So out of like what? all all the shows, it ranks number thirty one right now and on Mal. And that's that shows it's not even currently over. airing and well currently airing and completed. Well, yeah the the list con- like includes currently airing and completed. It ranks thirty one Demon Slayer. That's what I'm. That's what yeah. I mean. It's not even over yet. That's yeah. insane. Yep. But uh, Bisco. I love it. It's sitting at like a seven four nine, and I I I'm enjoying this one probably the most from like non stressed and like enjoyability factor. Yeah, because it's so batshit crazy, and I love batshit crazy anime. Like Gurren Log- Gurren Logan is one of my favorites, and this this has just batshit crazy written all over it, like Gurren Logan does. Yeah. I mean, the story is very simplistic, but everything else about it is, yeah, like, let's, incredible. Let's go find the magic mushrooms and cure everybody. Yeah, and ri- ride crab to the magic mushroom. <laughs> to the magic mushrooms, crab. But no way. <laughs> but guess what? The crab didn't find magic mushrooms. Instead, they found a fucking wholesome-ass anime about cosplay. Oh, they did. They sure did. And this it, one was a di- had a bit di- bit of a different tone though. Yeah, it was a, it was it was almost kind of reminiscent of like Blue Period a little bit because Blue Blue, 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 Blue oh god Blue Period was like a show that was based in like school and like having to deal with the stresses of being in school and studying for exams and everything else and the episode for my dress up darling this week kind of was we we got left off last week of hey. This this anime con I want to go to is in two weeks, and he's like, "The fuck what?" And anything and everything that boy like that could happen to boy happened to boy. Like yeah. it was just one disastrous thing after another, after another, after another, and it was you, you felt for the boy. Like it was it was and- a more serious tone in which it was just like dealing with day to day stress and everything else when shit goes awry. Yeah, it definitely played into the like high school like what many experience in high school which is being overwhelmed by school and extracurriculars and keeping up with friends and if you have a job keeping up with a job like it, it spoke to a lot really of that have friends well, I, yeah i'm just saying that's true Frank, i guess family we can we can put family yeah, instead we can say of family. friends family. which because that because that does kind of come out in, a little bit in this episode too but um the the biggest piece in my mind and the biggest takeaway is just fucking use your phone just text just call if you have say hey what's phone up number fucking use it yeah if it, don't don't just assume or don't try to come up with different explanations as to why things might be the way they are with this person instead reach out to them and ask them yourself that is the moral of this last episode yeah like the the laundry list of shit that happens to boy this episode is when he gets home from shopping the leggings that they bought for the outfit fall out and grandpa near has a heart attack and falls and so they have to take him to the hospital so that's option that's that's just destruction number one is that grandpa's in the hospital or he gets released from the hospital and is living with his aunt and uncle now, or his, his parents now, and has to deal with that and go visit and bring him shit. So that's one. Two, 
he gets a call from somebody like, hey, you do tours? Like, oh, I got to take this tour. Uh, like, can we tour your, your doll shop? Because, you know, I have a friend from France, yada, yada. They leave tomorrow, like two days from now. Can we come in tomorrow? That's another thing. The mishap number three. I got to build this fucking outfit in two weeks. Like, two weeks is not a lot of heads up. Misstep number four. We have exams that last the entire week. So yep. it's like, he, on top of all of this bullshit, boy has to go home and also study to make sure he doesn't fail anything. Because school is a thing still. And the thing that, like, and those are the mishaps that really happened to him. And so he, the boy is very, very busy. And girl, while she wants to talk to him about the, the, I guess the cosplay that he's building, she feels like this isn't the time because, you know, his grandpa took a tumble and is not feeling well and has to, you know, he has to care for his grandpa. She's like, oh, she's already written it off in her mind that he's not going to get it done in two weeks. I'm not going to go in two weeks. I'll just go to the next one after. So lo and behold, two weeks ends and it's the day of the con. He boy texts the girl. It's done. I'm going to go to bed. Good night. Or I guess the <laughs> night before. And then girl comes up yeah. in the morning and is like, wait, it's done? What? 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 And it's just, and it's kind of a comedy of errors in which the girl's like, I'm not going to the con today. Why did you, like, why did you do this? I was not expecting this. And then it's just like the, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. And it's just like, yeah. again, to your, your point, moral of the story. Use your goddamn phones and just be like, hey, I'm not going to have this finished by this time. But because she didn't want to disappoint her, he was like, I got to I got to finish it. I got to do it. Yeah. I mean, and that was like almost foreshadowed really at the beginning of the episode when grandpa takes a tumble and they he's staying with um, Gojo, who's our main character. Um, His grandfather stays with Gojo's uncle and aunt and cousin. So like he and he stays there the first night. She comes over and is like, oh, I was going to bring him food and help out with the cosplay. You know, oh, I guess I'm eating alone. And then the next day she's like, oh, that's why you weren't there and you weren't at school. Uh, I didn't know that. Hey, we should exchange numbers to stay in contact. Mm hmm. Hint, hint, wink, wink. If nod, something nod. goes awry, you should tell me. Yeah. And you're like, well, obviously that's not going to happen. Nope. So, yeah. Everything. I mean, as, as the episode progresses, you see like there's like a slideshow portion where he's like giving the tour, <laughs> and it's one of my favorite parts because it looks like he's yelling at the poor person. He's just passionate. <laughs> like the person's like happy and taking notes, and he's like, "Look at this fucking doll. Do you see it? Do you understand the history of it? Do you understand its elegance? I bet you don't. Let me tell you. Did you know She's how long like, oh, it took great. for me to build this shit?" <laughs> So you have that, you have him making the cosplay, you have him studying, you have him, the horrible scene of him, like, in his room that's absolutely cluttered with garbage and, like, clothes everywhere, and the kitchen's just full of trash bags and stuff, and you're like, good God, this dude is running himself to the very end. Like, he so, is not gonna make it. At first, I thought that that was the, the girl's house, honestly, because... So some foreshadowing to, I feel like, the girl's background story. I'm going to go eat alone again. 
I I think she lives alone. Like her, I don't know if we've gotten this in other episodes, and maybe I'm just reading ahead or something into like the scenario. But it's like nighttime. It's probably eight o'clock at night, and she's like, "Huh, I guess I'm gonna go eat alone again." So like, I don't think her parents are around all that often. Yeah, that, that could be true. So like, she's but... like, I think excited and ecstatic for this thing, and that she's met a friend that like actually cares about what she cares about so she's just like a little disappointed in that regard too yeah and i think no, we'll that get that. i think we'll case. get that in the next couple episodes because the the episode ends again like they're saying i'm sorry i'm sorry and he's like hey listen regardless next time we'll use our phones you need to put this costume on now and try it out so that way you know i can make adjustments before you can go to your next con and she and he's like already going through the details of you should wear this makeup, you should do these eyelid or uh like fake lashes, you should shave your eyebrow or like you should like the eyebrows are like this, so if you want you can shave your eyebrows and it'll like you can draw them on and she's like, Yeah, sure that works and he's like, There was no hesitation there. Yeah, no okay. questions asked. You just hear the razor and he's just like Okay, we're doing it. <laughs> Yeah, and so, like, she, and he's, like, going through, like, the different types of makeup, and she's like, how the fuck do you know all this? And he's like, well, first off, I study the game. Second off, like, the dolls have to wear makeup. Some of them wear fake lashes. Some of them do this, that, this, that. So it's, like, kind of hand-in-hand with what he does on a daily basis. So Yeah, it was it's a cute really... scene, too, because yeah. he breaks out those fake eyelashes, and she goes, oh, do you have a girlfriend? He's like, oh, God, no, no, I just put these on the dolls sometimes. Some dolls these days have fake eyelashes and different kinds of makeup she goes oh okay and i'm like but the making of a relationship but like he shows her like the dolls and everything and she actually gets kind of ecstatic and she's like oh my god these are really gorgeous these are really cool like holy crap yeah like it's it's so fucking wholesome i love it it's great and the episode ends with like her having the whole outfit on he comes back into the room and she's like, am I, am I this character? Which I don't know what the fucking character's name is. He's like, you're the perfect character. You're the perfect this character name. And she's just like ecstatic and so happy. And the smile she has on her face is everything that he wanted from, like what kept him going to do the project. So, yeah. yeah. And also she has that moment with him too, in which... She's like, you know, she sees him genuinely smile for the first time. And she's like, so that's what you look like when you smile. So like, like when you they, actually smile. Yeah. Yeah. So she she gets to see him like legitimate smile and be happy. And she's legitimately happy. And, you know, he gets the smile from a satisfied customer, essentially, that he's been hoping that she would be. So like as sort of edgy as this show is like, God damn, it's so fucking good. It's so yeah. good. And it's yeah, I wouldn't say it's so much etchy as it is just it's the a part first of few the... episodes were. Yeah, but I, I think they're playing into the whole cosplay community slash like uh, fandom in that you know it, it's it's transition transforming yourself into another character and yeah I mean and she's a girl too so it's there's some elements of it that are gonna be perceived as etchy but you know. I just take away that it's super wholesome and it's fantastic. And I can't wait for the next episode because the title of it is how about we go pick out some boob bags or something to that effect. And oh, it was like something about really the loud. best, the best boob bags. Yeah. 
I was like, like God well, damn it. can't wait for that next episode. We so got maybe the serious does, one out of the way. Yeah, it's like maybe because it's such a perfect fit, she does actually end up going to the con. And so it's just like, yeah. I am the perfect bag, uh, booba bags or boob bags, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. But um, And something else that Magically Average loves this week that is oh, unexpected. Oh, really? You want to you oh. do the transition like that? Oh, I'll transition. I was going to, I had a, I had Your another transition. Your boy's got transitions too, baby. I was going to say something else that everybody loves. The number five show currently airing, uh, the number five show on Mal currently airing right now, Attack on Titan. It is currently number, t- number five. Ranked five. I'm, I'm a little surprised by that, but at the same time, not. No, you're not. You're not at all. The, the you've been like, you. We we kind of had a serious talk, you, me, and Lobo, and we 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 pumped our brakes on kind of giving you shit and teasing you for how much we uh, we pick like you know we pick on you for hating the show and just being like nothing is answered, yeah, nothing I, nothing is solved. And then listen, this week, I knew what I was getting into. And then I knew this I was getting week into. happened. This week happened, and oh boy. But listen, okay, let me set it up by saying no, no, no that it's fine. I well, I just. I know I am of a minority group, okay? But I'm also very particular with this type of show because, again, I love the first season. Second season is where I fell off. I got back into it based on other people's suggestions and just saying, you know, it's really good. You just got to make it through. I was like, cool, I'm going to do that. I got back in, was just wasn't impressed by season two still. Season three sort of left me with sort of a bad taste in my mouth as well. And season four has vastly improved on the other seasons. My biggest gripe, from the very beginning though is that it's not wrapping anything up there's no closure there's so many open plots that i'm just like i'm craving some finality in what's been going on and i wasn't getting any of that through season four until this very episode where this is where i'm like like, first domino I'm like, okay, well, yes, exactly. That's exactly it. I can finally see the fucking dominoes. I've been searching for them bastards for the last however many some odd episodes since the end of season one, and I finally found them. And by golly, they're beautiful. I'm so excited now. Like, And it's a genuine excitement, too. Like, I, wa- I watch these episodes not with... I'm not like Anton Ego from Ratatouille. I don't go into a meal thinking it's going to suck and then just be like, yep, expectations met. It sucks. I go into these episodes hoping, hoping that they're going to be good, that I'm going to be proven wrong. I want to be wrong because I want the show to be good. And this is finally the episode. It's, it's sort of like the pinnacle point where I'm like, yes, I can finally see everything culminating. It's We just got to get to the finish line now. You've got eight episodes left presumably i'm assuming this is a 12 episode season nope there's no there's no episode cap on this ah, fuck whatever we've got a, some odd episodes left if you can fit in the rest of the plots from that are that are currently wide open right you have the female titan stuff you got still a lot of the stuff with like um historia and the royal family You've got just the actual like development of Eldia and why the war started in the first place. There's a lot of elements going on that have still yet to be fully answered. If they can wrap it up in a reasonable and sensible fashion, which at this point I am again hopeful that they can, I will be You cut out there, buddy. I don't know what oh, the fuck I will just be happened. pleasantly surprised. 
Cool. Well, everybody, pour yourself a drink. Grab you a beer. Oh, grab grab you a joint. Whatever your vice is, just <laughs> strap in. Here we fucking go. Um, if last if last week's episode ending was like Zeke saying, "Here's here's my Uno reverse card." The way to summarize this episode is Aaron just like clapping back, saying, "Here's my Uno reverse card." Back. To nah, Zeke. No, 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 no. That wasn't an Uno reverse card. That was a that was that a was draw a four. draw four wild card. No, it was and, a, a like reverse to card plus like draw four. I don't know. That was like if you if you pulled off the ultimate combo of like reversing his reverse while also playing the wild card, while also playing a draw two, while also playing a go next or stop or whatever, and then saying Uno and then finishing the Uno off with another draw four wild card. And then also, like, and then also, uh, it, or I guess the best way to summarize it too would have been that, uh, like way back when the street fight, like everybody knows the clip, the street fighter fight, where the guy has oh, like a comeback? dingleberry, yeah, a dingleberry of health and comes back <laughs> and does like five perfect blocks to just combo this other guy. Oh god, I forget what the fight is called, but everybody, you if you don't know the fight, just fucking Google street fighter fight comeback. You'll fucking see it. It's you can't miss yeah. it. That is the epitome of this episode. Is just like Aaron's like you thought I was on my last leg, didn't you? Here we go, and boy howdy, holy fuck! So there, there was a tweet that I found that really summarizes this like kind of episode really well. But the long of it short is that Zeke is like, "Come on, Aaron, we're gonna go look at father's memories," and they go take a, a trip down memory lane and see like you know, their father just kind of living his life and how we got here until we're not until like a certain point happens, which I forget. And then Aaron is like, come on, let's continue this. And Zeke's like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. So there's some, there's some weird parts. So you get, I, 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 from what I remember, they basically start when Grisha. So their father is in, uh, parody. Because we see, I think the first scene is actually with him and Aaron when Aaron was a small baby. Yeah, baby, baby Aaron. Yeah, so that's where it begins. Yep. And then you see the progression of like Grisha treating patients. You see Grisha and like communicating with Aaron as he's growing up, and Zeke's like, "This is when he's brainwashing you." Blah 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 blah. And then the scene where I think is the part where Aaron sort of takes the reins. Well, no. Well, yeah, there's that part, too, which is very eye-opening, where basically uh, Grisha's like, uh, de- why are there two on? dead guys? What's going on? <laughs> and, and Aaron's like, uh, they were animals, and I killed them like the animals they were. And Grisha's like, okay, we're going to have to talk about this. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like, that a nine-year-old just took down two fully grown adults. What? What's happening? Yeah. I I talked so I had a coworker ruin a, like spoil a not a small thing well, but don't like spoil something it for the rest of no, us no no I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not oh, okay. but one of the things we talked about <laughs> is that scene and he's like yeah that that happened early in the show don't you remember I was like no not at all no so I don't know if the source material is different or not but apparently we already knew about this and I'm just very confused but regardless yeah Aaron took down two lads and apparently I think Mikasa took down the third yeah. If I'm not mistaken. 
it, it, I mean, if it did happen, it happened in season one, obviously. And it was probably just a scene that happened pretty quickly. But I was still thrown off. That's not the craziest piece. We then get to a point. Sorry, my cat just jumped on me. That damn Taken cat. Taken everywhere. Did you just eat the I cat? <laughs> put him down gently. Okay, okay. We get to a point where Grisha's in the cellar. And I think he's, like, sleeping. And he sort of wakes up briefly. And Zeke's standing in front of him. And he, like, kind of looks at him and goes, Zeke? And Zeke's like, what the fuck? You're not supposed to... No, he he's having a dream about Zeke, and then he wakes up and he's like, huh, that can't possibly be Zeke. He's just yeah, an old he's... bearded man. I'm still but dreaming. But Zeke's, Zeke's still thrown off. He's like, ah, this is weird. And then yeah. Aaron goes, oh, hang on to your tidy whities It's about to get a lot weirder for you, my friend. Mm-hmm. And so he, Aaron ushers them into the next dream, and this is where we finally get to the, like, the point at which... I think it's when Grisha finds where the royal family does their ceremonies in, within the church. Because yeah. Zeke's like, hang on. He found this out now? He's like, you're, but you're like nine. He, didn't he find this out when you were like older? So he knew about this and held off with his plan? He's like, wait, 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 wait. what's going on here? And Aaron's like, oh, you have a lot to learn, my Big bearded man, come with big, me. Big bearded half bro bro. So to sort of speed it along, we get to a point at which Grisha is like, hey, I got to go off on a medical trip. It's, you know, doctor stuff. Um, You wouldn't get it because you're not a doctor like I am, you plebs. And he's... once I come back, Aaron, I'll show you what's in the cellar. Yeah. Well, because his mom is basically like, uh, no, you got to talk your talk to your son about joining the survey corps like he's not gonna do that like fucking tell him and he's like damn it woman he's curious he's a human that's what he does and he goes by the way i'll show you what's in the cellar and it just pans on his face and he's just eyes as wide as can be pure fear in his like face and aaron's just within the dream well I guess the dream realm or whatever, like the view into this portion of reality is just staring back at him. Yeah. He's just staring straight into his eyes, like fucking inches from his face in which kind of just like for further into the episode, you realize he's staring at himself. Yeah. We'll, we'll dive deeper into that when we get to the end. When we get to the reverse Uno card, (laughs) draw four. Yeah, just leave. Just pick up your stuff and leave, basically. Um, so then we get the finally get the scene where he goes down into the caverns with the royal family, and Zeke's like, "All right, well, this is the part where you know you're he's gonna slaughter everyone. Um, get ready, it's <laughs> gonna be a wild ride." And Aaron's like, "You don't know the half of it." So Grisha is pleading his case to the royal family and just saying you know it's this is you can do so much more you can protect us like there are many of us dying across the water in marley that you could save using your powers and they're basically like no we like the brainwashing technique that's that's working for us we're going to continue with that and he's like like hell you are and you're like oh shit this is gonna happen and grisha's about to do it 
and he stops. And like he drops his scalpel that he was gonna which, use to cut himself, and you're like, which like, it's just huh. no. He was gonna use to stab the kids. No, no, no. He because at oh, the time he never mind, had never mind. You're the, right, you're right, you're the right. attack titan. Which I was yeah, about we to say, about he's too. just about to try and stab these kids with his little dinky-ass <laughs> scalpel. I was like, are you kidding me, bro? But then, you're right, he was about to cut himself so he could transform. But I thought it... I like I, I like the idea of the founding titan being there and him just running, holding a tiny little scalpel like a spear and just trying to like stab them real quick. Like, I'm going to get you! It's like the, <laughs> just, the beginning stay of... stay still, don't move! It's like the beginning of reincarn uh jobless reincarnation, but instead of a knife, it's just a little teeny tiny scalpel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. God. But, yeah, so he he's about to turn into a titan and he, he drops it and he has this moment of like, I can't do it, these are kids. And you're like, Well, that doesn't make sense. And even Zeke's like, wait a second. But then Grisha starts talking. This he's like add up. Yeah. But then Grisha starts talking, and he's talking to himself, but really he's having a dialogue with Aaron because he reveals that one of the Attack Titan, well, not one of, I think it's the secret power of the Attack Titan, is that basically they can see through the eyes of the future, future holders. holders of the Titan, of the Attack Titan. So not only could he see through Aaron's eyes, but he could, again, foreseeably and 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 perceivably see through the eyes of future holders beyond Aaron. So he knows what's going to happen. He knows the progression of the, the storyline. Like he knows what the future events hold. And he's like, I have to kill them. Like, this is what's going to happen. Like Aaron's going to make me do it. And then you just see Aaron come up real close to him and just start talking. Like you're going to kill those kids. Do you remember kids. what, you remember what happened to you when you came here? You remember what happened to your wife, to your friends, to your sister who was eaten by dogs? Are you going to let them get away with that? You're going to do it because you know what's happening next. And then you just get the intense, like, super lines stab everywhere. motion. Yeah. Black lines everywhere. God, like, I I, re- I love this show, but what is up with this season and all these goddamn forsaken black lines on everybody's goddamn faces? Like, it is I everywhere. It. it is hilarious because, like, it, it definitely adds more stupidity, like, a little stupidity to the drama, but it's like, it could be the most calm scene and it's just, like, just black lines everywhere on their, like, around their eyes, and you're like, did, does boy need sleep? Does does homeboy yeah. need sleep? Like, what's going on here? But, yeah. Um, like It's to really drive home the fact that they're emo and edgy. Okay, Duh. Levi. Get out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, so then that scene concludes with them, like, all the dead bodies of the kids around. And, and then Grisha's, like, kind of flailing running around outside having a manic moment of basically like again yelling off into the ether but communicating to aaron really just saying like i did what you said i did what i was supposed to do are you happy now i killed them all except for the dad i let him get away this is what you wanted right like just like this is what's gonna happen really i i can't stop it I, i can't stop you so i might as well just do it and he's like going insane but then the part that really got me where 
like more of the confusion lies, but then was resolved where he like basically he sees Zeke and Zeke's like again standing there, mouth agape, like what the fuck just happened? And just he actually witness? like he talks to Zeke and he like hugs him and My has boy. like an embracing moment. My beautiful yeah, boy. basically. And again, I like it was so hard to grasp my mind around it, but realizing the fact that he could see Aaron and Aaron is in this reality within the paths, able to access these memories. Basically, if we were to see Grisha at that time, he'd be hugging nothing and talking to no one. But because he has the attack Titan power and can see through Aaron's eyes and Aaron is there with Zeke. And technically Aaron he has, can see Zeke. And Aaron has the founding Titans uh, powers right. as well. And, yes, correct. So he can he can see him, but in reality he's not interacting with him. Yeah, so, so. just to kind of explain it, um although the user like this is just direct from a tweet, so it's it, I can post a link in the description to the tweet because it's very very educational. There might be one minor minor spoiler, but Yeah. But it's it's not too big. But uh, Aaron's ability to interact, although users of Attack on Titan can receive memories of the future, they normally can't change or interact with any memories at all. Even Aaron could not do this before now. So why was Aaron able to seemingly change things in chapter blah? I won't say what chapter. Because he had the perfect conditions. These conditions are, one, the Attack Titan, two, the Founding Titan, and three, contact with the Titan of Royal Blood. The key is Aaron's head tap with Zeke. Zeke, having full control of the uh, coordinate, can use paths to allow the two to experience uh, Grisha's past memories in full and without limitations. We see that Aaron, or we see that as Aaron and Zeke walking through uh, Grisha's life, with condition two and three, which are the Founding Titan in contact with the Titan of Royal Blood, fulfilled. Aaron and Zeke can freely view Grisha's life as if through a one-way mirror. Without Condition 3 being fulfilled, however, interaction between Aaron and Grisha would be impossible. In short, if Aaron had any Titan other than the Attack Titan, he would only be able to look. However, because the Attack Titan can see forward in time, Grisha uses, uses this to see Aaron's recollection of the same event that he currently is experiencing in real time, which is a special occasion. So basically think, in present time, Grisha has a first-person view. And then Aaron is viewing Grisha, saying like, Hey, Dad, that's Aaron's view of the memory. Because Aaron has the Attack Titan, and Grisha had the Attack Titan can see future holders of Attack Titan, he's looking through Aaron's eyes, looking at Grisha. And because of the Founding Titan in contact with Titan of a Royal Blood, they're able to interact. And uh, so basically, Grisha can see, hear, and interact with like with him for a brief, brief moment, and yeah. and that's why like when Grisha sees Zeke across the hall in the basement, he's like, "That's not Zeke. This is still just a dream. You're just a bearded old man." It's because Aaron is standing behind Grisha, looking over his dad's shoulder at Zeke. Same thing when Aaron is going, uh, you know, dad's going off on an adventure to see clients. He's like, I'll tell you what happens once I uh, get back. Aaron is at the door directly looking at him like, you know what you need to do. 
go do the damn thing. And that's why Grisha is like eyes agape like he just seen a goddamn ghost because he's looking directly at himself. And then that's why at the very end of the episode where he see like he kills everybody or you know Aaron talks to him saying no you need to kill him you're these kids fucked him kids when he runs out he sees Zeke because again Aaron is standing behind him looking at Zeke so Grisha is able to see Zeke through those memories through Aaron and give him a hug and give him the warning of hey by the way everything you're about to do is futile but you still need to try and stop. Like, to be, like I don't think that his warning of try to stop Aaron was a warning of try and change the future. It was, hey, you need to fucking try and stop him so the events can happen. Mm-hmm. Because, like, no matter what they do, they can't change the timeline. And the tweet in it in itself has, uh, like, the three different, ti- like, definitions of time travel and timelines... And then goes into more detail about the events that transpire in this episode. So I'll leave that link in the description of the episode. But man, what a fucking trip that was to just watch. Like, my mouth was just like... When Aaron's head got blown off last episode, I was like, mouth agape, just what the fuck is going on? This episode, just even more so, just, oh my fucking god, here we go everything like here are all your dominoes we know all like we know what the attack titan power is now we know what the, like we know what Aaron is capable of how the fuck is he going to do it and, yeah. and we we've, we've set up every fucking domino to just knock him to obliteration now and i am so excited to see what fucking comes from the next few episodes uh not knock into obliviation be stomped by the rumbling yeah. and then play the rumbling song. I'm not going to play the rumbling song. But yes. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know how it actually starts, but uh, I know that there's some ho ho. Rumbling. So. rumbling. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it, it, I'm again, extremely, extremely excited to see where it's going to go now. It, I, and I'm very interested and I hope they hit on it more. This whole, piece of the pass and the coordinate I, i'm my guess is that they get into it more into the manga and it'll be touched on more in the anime but i i want to get a better understanding of where this came about who can have access to it because we really didn't have any sort of conclusion with ymir too right because ymir at first aaron thinks he's in control he's like yes zeke you are in chains and i control ymir ymir do my bidding and then zeke's like reverse card you thought so, but I am the one with royal blood, and she only responds to royals. Ha ha ha, now you are in the chains. And then we get the so, whole memory. I think, I think they kind of described it in which the only people who can visit the paths are those with royal blood and a titan power of some sort. And since Aaron isn't royal blood, he doesn't have a way of getting there. And once he comes in contact with Zeke, Zeke like yeets him over there and is just like, here you are, here we are. Yeah. But I I want to learn more about like is this is this where because with their plan remember Zeke and Zeke's original plan was to essentially euthanize the Eldian people to ensure right. that there no more could be born moving forward is this and he was hesitant to touch uh, Aaron because he's like whoa, whoa, whoa 
whoa, we don't want to cause some sort of some sort of debacle by touching right now. Let's hold off and here catch this baseball, by the way. Um I can't catch baseball. I don't know. <laughs> Hospital life made me change. Stop it. But I'm wondering if this environment like the pass with the coordinate is where they can do that. Like is it is it a situation in which they have to go back in time to the very beginning and that's where they sort of cut off the bloodline of the Eldians cuz you know they make a comment about how basically the founding power, founding titan power with royal blood has the ability to do those different things like the brain wipe of um other people and also foreseeably the ability to change the genetic makeup of the human body so is that where they do it do they go back in time and do it you know at the beginning of the lineage of the Eldian people like that's a piece that I'm really interested in learning about because we still like there's not a lot in the show so far about the past and the coordinate yeah it's it's very like just basic layer hey there's access to memories and here's how they got there and it's a giant sand pit basically and Ymir wanders around like a fucking psychopath. Child playing with sandcastles. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, making mermaids out of people that <laughs> that stumble across this land. Yeah, but um, I think all these questions will be answered, if not touched upon. And I, you said a lot of words, and you said I just I just fucking blanked. I'm like, what the fuck? There's just too much. There's too much. There's too much we want to learn. There's too much that no. we we don't know. Yeah. That is, the, that is a good breakdown of the episode. There's a lot that happens. We learned a, a lot this episode, and we also just don't know what the ever-living fuck is going on. Yeah. yeah, I think there were about the same amount of questions that were answered. There were more questions created. So yeah. it's, about, it's, it's exciting. It's about 50-50, 60-40. Yeah, but it's exciting, though. Again, we can you can see where the, the story is heading. Yeah, well. Kind of. Y- you you can see the path to the end game. You, you know, the direction and where they're going to be taking it from this point on the, the, the real mystery behind it is how, how we're going to get there. Is it a straight line? Is it curvy, Rocky, whatever we do? That's going to be the interest of the future bullshit. Uh, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ready for next week oh. already. Oh. I just need to make sure. Oh, I, I just had a brain blast, medicine. dude. You remember Brain how? Blast! Sorry, you know how at the end of season four, part one, Aaron was like to said to Mikasa, like, no, the only reason you follow me is because I've like you're you're only following this bloodline or whatever. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if he uses that paths and the Attack Titan powers to interact with Mikasa of some sort and fucking Inception her to doing everything he wants, and he wasn't actually lying. Okay, I see what you mean. All right, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, sorry. This is just like this is just hitting me right now, and I'm just like, ooh, 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 ooh. I don't know. Or, Who knows or, what the fuck is going on? Even yes, Mister C. Further huh? theory. He gets the Beast Titan power, essentially gaining royal blood from eating Zeke, then goes back. And that's where he inceptionizes her because at that point he does have royal blood, even though in that point of the timeline, he doesn't when he travels back, he does. We'll just have to find out. We'll just just have to find out. But, uh, 
we want to find out is what you think of our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you liked it, then you can now rate your podcast on Spotify. So give us a uh, five-star rating if you liked it. If you give us a one-star, please message us why the fuck you gave us a one-star and what we can do better. We hope you had a good time. Uh, if you want to interact with us, we have a Discord. Go to our Twitter, at Bakako Podcast. And uh, there we also have Buy Us a Coffee, which will help support the show in which we will have server space on ACAST, etc. It's just annual fees, etc. So we'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, but basically, we are looking for a lot of feedback. And if you can, share our show with your friends, any other casual anime viewers, and uh, maybe those who just might need the little push of just like, hey, what's anime about? Well, here's a bunch of idiots talking about it. If you like this, maybe you should join and watch it with them. But uh, until next time, Spark Triumph, we'll see you then. Bye, everyone. Back up! Back up.